Come on. Strong, the powerful Chris Garadini is here on Lifeblood Create. Welcome, Chris. Uh, thanks, George. Excited to have you on. Chris is the owner and president of Turnkey Technologies, Inc. They're an organization offering end-to-end professional services, including design, project management, implementation, integration, and support. Again, I'm excited to have you on, Chris. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Thank you. So personal life, uh, wife, four kids, uh, keeps me busy. You know, I'm a native to St. Louis, love to travel. Um, as far as turnkey, uh, you, you nailed the professional services aspect. Uh, I am focused on Dynamics. So I'm a Microsoft Dynamics distributor, and uh, it's very interesting. I got into this space uh, in the mid-'80s, you know, about the point mom and dad told me to uh, to get a job when I switched into computer science. Go figure, right? So, uh, But I like it. Um, I'm, I'm a technical owner, and um, we do a lot of accounting. And I think that, you know, technology and accounting, and as it's evolved into more and more business process, it's exciting. It's diverse. It's all different. It's complex. I mean, how can you be bored? So, so there's there's the reason I'm so attracted to it. Perfect. Well, I appreciate that. So, right when we hopped on the call, you said that you had just gotten off an airplane from Atlanta to uh, back to St. Louis, and that you had hired people, you know, over nine months ago. You'd never seen them, so you wanted to get in a room. Just from a from an entrepreneur, business owner standpoint of growing your own business and working on culture how has that been over the last however long we've been at this it's you know it's been interesting since a year ago march i mean my i've got about six almost 60 resources now and everybody's remote and and in the past 12 months all the hiring nobody's in st louis in fact i tell people that my my management team is in the four corners of the u.s i've got somebody in seattle i've got two in minnesota i've got one in atlanta two in St. Louis, one in Virginia. So, you know, it's it's very different and all the workers are remote. And, you know, instead of just seeing a head on a screen, right, um, we felt we needed to get people in the room and, and get closer so that we can um, build rapport, build the relationships, develop trust. And I think there's studies out there that say that people build trust and relationships over eating, drinking and talking about stuff they have in common. And, and in today's world, we show up for a team's meeting. We're focused on the topic. We get off, and there's none of that happening. So I think that you know, business owners and executives really need to push harder um, to build that culture. To your point, and um, and there's a lot of different techniques that are being discussed. I'm actually in a, a CEO group called Vistage that um, has been very helpful as we all talk about the same common problems, and it's the human problem. So it's a great topic. Yeah, it for sure is. So the people all in, in 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 the four corners of of the united states is that just because you wanted people to be spread out what was the motivation there you know it when we go to a remote mode we're not restricted to hire based on geographical restrictions if you think about local talent versus national talent it, it tears down all the borders so you can find the best people but they're not going to be in st louis and they don't necessarily want to move their families to st louis so again as you as you overcome that mindset of remote workers thinking oh everybody's got to be here you, you get more choices of talent and i think that's the best way to describe it so it just is what it is and we really don't look at geography these days when we hire people it's very interesting isn't it where in the past we had a lot of people relocate to st louis now we've got people that move from florida to st louis they're moving back to florida so you know, because they don't have to be here anymore. So. Yeah, it's super interesting. What what new learnings did, did 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 you need to acquire or do in order to 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 get to that point where you're great or good with it? You know, it's 
We, I, I tell people that we've always worked remotely for customers. We just all came together to do it. So when we had to say work from home, it really wasn't a big deal. You know, most people had a footprint at home where they could work because even on snow days, the rule is don't get up, don't come to the office. So everybody's really accustomed to that. But yeah, it was, it was a collaborative, we're all working remote, right? What, you know, the, the travel to and from clients has, has really faded over the past years. There's just, a, a, you know, people support remote sessions. Um, we still like FaceTime with our customers to build rapport, but normally on the front end of the project that happens. And then after the front end, a lot of this is, um, is remote anyway. So, yeah. No. So we had the tools in place. But like I said, the focusing on that they're not getting together, I think that's bigger, the bigger mm -hmm. challenge that we have, not the technology or not the delivery of our services. So, And I imagine that we're sort of, that you're sort of on the front end of now making sure that you are there eating, drinking, talking about stuff that's important to people again and building that culture and that community and getting to sort of collaborate and put your head together with other business owners in, in, in different, uh, in different industries, what are you sort of thinking is going to be, this is the way we're going to do it. Is it quarterly? Try to be face to face once a year. This episode is brought to you by money alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Well, you know, it's interesting. The um, So the Vistage Group um, was the first in-person meeting I had in about nine months. I showed up in a room with 16 people, and somebody came up and shook my hand, and that was the first time anybody touched me. And <laughs> uh. I'm like, oh, I was scared. <laughs> so but I meet with that group monthly, and we're all together, and there's 15 CEOs in that group. And as far as my workers, then, yes, your point is we did this. This was the project manager's meeting in um, in Atlanta, and I think it really we, – we covered a lot of ground in two days. And improve those relationships so we can be more comfortable. But the directors are being called in in May to St. Louis, and then we're going to try and do it. It may not be quarterly. It may be two, three times a year. And if we do one in May, we'll probably do one in the fall. Um, but again, you know, the, the, the cost is insignificant in terms of the value that you, uh, that you gain by pulling those people together. But quarterly was the initial ambition. So we'll see where we end up there. But uh, yeah, more to come on that. So, yeah. So you mentioned right in flight in flight is what you call that. So we make adjustments based on how that, turns out and, and that's it what's what most people should do yeah. that continuous feedback did it work okay what do we do different what are the different events and the and it's a balance between work and social in fact when they come to st louis here so making adjustments in flight you like that i do i'm an, I'm an engineer <laughs> so you said continuous that feedback. continuous feedback so yeah so you said that 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 you do dynamic dynamics that's that's an industry term of some kind no, Microsoft Dynamics is a product family. So if you think about, I've been a Microsoft partner for th almost thirty-something years now, and so uh, Dynamics represents a collection of applications. There's two large. There's ERP, so Enterprise Resource Panning, which are you know in the old days they called it accounting software, but today they're they're business applications. And so in the Microsoft Dynamics 365 space, there's also customer engagement, formerly known as CRM. So we focus on that product set. We're pretty narrowly focused, so you know the staff is half accountants and half engineers and technology professionals. But about 85% of the business is implementing ERP systems, which is we change out finance, we change out operation, we we automate manufacturing out to the shop floor projects. We integrate the system, so ERP projects can be can be complex. And uh, but that's about 85% of the practice. The rest of it is the uh, is a CRM platform. So it's a very narrow product line out of all the stuff Microsoft does. We're one of their largest partners in the U.S. that represents that suite of uh, applications. 
What is what is the hardest part about doing that? Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of facets. Um, client management, you know, having the right teams on both sides. Um, the project management discipline, which was the, the complete agenda for the last two days, is, you know, how do we drive quality and delivery and control and maintain budget and get accountability? And, you know, again, the coordination of all these different parties and knowledge transfer and right and taking ownership. So there's there's a lot of facets of challenge. It's not easy. Um, and, you know, but, uh, but all those things I've mentioned, uh, you know, again, it's it's the art of managing and delivering those solutions. And in the end, we like to see the businesses realize those outcomes and gain capacity, gain efficiency, and certainly improve profitability. So there's a lot of measures on the backside of these projects to, you know, punctuate the success we've had. Do you think about things in terms of art and science? Or is it you just refer to it as art? Yeah, you know, science. I, I really, I mean, I drive my life based on math. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of formulations there, but I think even as you look at, you know, project management and disciplines, and you know, the granularity of estimating a, a project, and so, you know, I, I don't. It's not art for me. It is it is science and engineering and technology, frankly, and a lot of accounting. So again, I'm an engineer that lived in an accounting firm for eight years. So, uh, you know, imagine that it's a lot of it's a lot of numbers. And uh, in the end, it's data. It's all data, whether it's transactional data or it's non, you know, statistical data. It's all data points. So, an engineer living in an accounting firm, it doesn't seal. Like, see, that's not like a fish well, out of water. I put the oil in their water, and they hate that because what did I do? That's density. I was on top, right? Oil's on the water, and they. And, but you know, in the end, you know, the clients didn't overlap. They were worried about their accounting and tax clients, and I'm the technology guy, and they were scared of you know. So, but it, for me, I I learn things that I would never would have learned. And I tell people that the professionalism, certainly the accounting, um, and again, consulting, the styles, the techniques. So again, I took everything they had and then started the business, right? So so when you say that, that you're, you, your life is driven by math or based on math, what does that mean? You know, there's the, you, to myself, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Everybody's like, really? That's a, that's a theorem in calculus. And so as you think about a circle, it's just a, a whole bunch of straight lines. Most people don't think like that. But as you navigate and you look at efficiency and, and completing tasks and, and thinking forward, and it, it is. It, it, it drives navigation. It drives process. And so it's just a fundamental. And uh, as opposed to, right, zigging and zagging. Right? So, but that's, that's a base premise that I would tell you that I, I hear it in my head all the time. And, and it's a focus as you look at how do you optimize, how do you become more efficient, how do you how do you straighten out a process and you know eliminate inefficiency. So it's 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 all computable to some degree as to well what's that worth and it's a sum of pieces too. It's not big bang. A lot of times there's incremental, but again most people say oh I want big. Well the sum of the little ones equals big. So you see what I mean? It's kind of numbers driven. No, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, do you ever encounter? friction because you like to think of things that way and people that you're interacting with do not you know that goes back to client team you know and we, we even joke about should we have assessments on aptitude and accounting proficiency and you know so do we have a a base of understanding and i think that's a that's a common disconnect to your point is i speak a language they don't speak the same language well how do you normalize it and find a common vocabulary where they do understand that so yeah many times but that's part of our process is and even in the sessions this week, we talked about maybe I need to do a better job of educating people on the very front end of the process instead of finding out two-thirds of the way thing that they really didn't understand. And so that's that's a very important topic there is, is how do you get people a similar frame of reference? And 
you know, in the computer industry, people use buzzwords, right? And my uh, a great example is my project managers started saying BRDs and FRDs and ERP and CRM. And they're like, it's a foreign language. And we had to translate that because, but, you know, just because you yell at somebody doesn't mean they understand it any better. So it's kind of funny, isn't it? Yeah, no, uh, that's, 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 a, that's a thousand percent right. And it's, I think probably every industry has has their own jargon and their own lingo. Yours probably even more so, and there's probably new jargon and lingo being added to the equation every day. And to your point, if you're not careful, you can get a good way down the uh, path and somebody could just be nodding their head but have zero idea what you're really talking about. So you've maybe – in the financial world, we talk about how you violate somebody's planning tolerance by just giving them way too much information and then they can't make decisions and they can't act on it imagine that you encounter that that's sort of what you're talking about absolutely you overwhelm people and uh and again that's why it's important to make sure that you've got the right team on the other side that can assimilate the data right Mm -hmm. we talk about usability a lot of people collect information they can't use it or they don't understand it and again you hand it to somebody else they're like i don't get this that's why a lot of business intelligence starts with graphics and imagery right oh i can visually intuitively recognize that and then okay now i get down to those lower levels but as you're looking at the granular data a lot of times it just doesn't make sense to people so we try to to simplify that communication to some degree or prioritize the topics right instead of dumping 12 on you let's talk about two right you know what do they say people get the first and last thing so eliminate just do two at a time right that's another one of my facetiousisms so no i think that that's great right and that's that's giving you an opportunity to take the temperature of your employees or your clients, whoever it is you're working with, say, hey, you know, we've been working on a ton of stuff over the last four weeks, but why don't we take a step back and say, you know, what's what's really sort of at the top of, of your list that you feel like we should be talking about? So managing expectations throughout. That's correct. And communication techniques. I mean, if you think about that and, and tangibilizing conversations instead of just having verbal, where you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you just told them. It sounds redundant, but at the same time, when you prepare somebody for a conversation, okay, they're aligned, they listen, and then the recap, and so you you increase the effectiveness of, of conversations in that approach as well. So, as, as you're constantly, and I'm sure that you're doing, I imagine you're doing it personally and professionally of just making your adjustments in flight and always trying to optimize, do you worry about or have you ever burned yourself out? I I have activities. I, I go out and I hike and I work in a piece of property about 35 minutes west of here. So I have a very good discipline that, that gives me capacity to absorb a lot of stuff and tolerance and patience and all those things. So now I'm, I, you know, every now and then you get a little afraid. I was getting a little afraid because I hadn't traveled in a while, but then we took off to Scottsdale for a week and laid in the sun. And you know what? I'm a hundred percent recharged. Who wouldn't be right? You, you are so, ready to go again. Yeah. Yeah. Considering I got it before 15, you're like, okay, I've got a little bit of energy here. So yeah, no, I, I think that that's awesome. So, all right. So when, when for somebody who's listening, they say, okay, this, this is interesting. I, I have a company and I would like us to be more efficient. Walk me through why somebody, somebody engages with, with a turnkey. Sure. And you know, there's a number of measures and we think about the current technology or the we we'll call it the hub. So a business application, financial system is typically the hub of the business. And a lot of times an organization will find that they're on a limiting hub. Let's just use that politely. It could be old. It could be a 10-year-old system. It could be a system that just doesn't have, for example, purchasing and inventory and sales. And I'm not going to name any of those products. But to that point, normally the businesses have a limitation that's constraining their growth. Um, I had a customer that couldn't add 
couldn't add new customers to his platform because it's an EDI, and these are big big box retailers. Well, the fact that he couldn't add a partner like that, he was denied probably $20 million a year in revenue. Okay, well, there's a reason, and so we go back to pain points. So, you know, old systems, I can't integrate, I can't expand, and those are drivers for change. And again, as, as companies leap forward and get a more current platform, well, now all the doors are open. And they can react dynamically to changing market conditions, for example. So I run one of those systems where something may show up in six months. I'm completely prepared to deal with that, no matter what that would be, because of the confidence in the platform, the Microsoft Dynamics platform I'm running. So, again, a lot of business owners normally know that there's a weakness. And, again, if, if, if they're using one of the smaller systems, they may be using Excel spreadsheets to manage inventory and production. And the effort to refresh the data to keep it current and then there's the mistakes that show up because of that delay or that effort to refresh. And sometimes those mistakes are substantial. People order inventory. They lose inventory. They, they price things wrong. Imagine all those things. And those costs add up. And normally, ownership says, hey, we need to make a change. We need to do something. And there are some people that are in denial. But there, there's, most people are pretty aware that there's limitations to their system because it's creating – they just can't do something. Or these days, employees. Employees have expectations of tech. They're like, imagine, hey, where are my mobile apps? I'm sorry, we can't, we don't have mobile apps for this system we have. So, well, can't we upgrade? So we have mobile apps. There's a perfect example is, is rising. And then there's customer expectations where I don't want to call you to place an order. I'd like to have a portal. There's another one that, okay, you better keep your customers happy. So customer and employee expectations often drive change as well as some of those other factors I mentioned. Yeah, I, 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 I can see where, uh, <clears throat> where a company would recognize that they have a deficiency or that they're, that they're not totally optimized, but it's just a matter of how painful is it actually and are they willing to to do the work that it's going to take or spend the money or whatever it might be. Is there a typical length of time that it, that, 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 that an engagement lasts for you? Or probably sure. all depends. Sure. Well, and on the small side, typically nothing less than three months. People might imagine they can do it. Oh, I can do this in 35 days. It doesn't work like that. It's, you know, it's the, but three months is normally the minimum. And on the more complex ones, I've got projects now that will be running 12 to 18 months. I've got some that ran, they're going on for years because the client delays, they're slow and, and they're, oh, we need to take time. And, but so yeah, the minimum three months, but the longer ones, certainly uh, more complex more users, more application scope, um, and so those are those are components that define duration. Simpler projects, just financials, they can be three months. Um, so again, that's the typical shortest curve. Is there ever a time when when a company just says, you know, we just need to bring this all in house? Well, the interesting thing about MySpace, which I love, is that it's accounting and replacing accounting systems. Nobody wants to bring it in house because they they don't want the risk or the liability. Whereas on the CRM side, and I articulate that, is IT goes, ah, I got this. And so there's less risk because CRM is not connected to accounting, and they'll let IT and let them play around with it because it doesn't impact the business. But when you talk about these business operational systems that are the lifeblood, people don't want the risk. They want project management. They want the discipline. They want the accountability, the ownership. I, I want the expectation that it's going to go live, and I'm not going to have a loss of revenue or productivity, and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm lucky it, it keeps people out of our space, frankly, and it keeps the customers from trying to do it themselves. They may have some in-house resource that can pick up part of it. You know, we typically like somebody to become a champion and help support the application instead of having 50 people calling us. Those 50 go through one person, and he elevates the topics that he can't resolve. So there is a place for the in-house people to participate, but they typically do not want to run the project and take that responsibility. Got it. Love it. Well, Chris, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? 
You know, it, the difference-making tip is um, don't let it be daunting. There's there's an on-ramp that you get on, and I use the term crawl, walk, run versus run, fall, crawl. That's a funny one. And then land and expand <laughs> is the other one you hear. But to that point, it's all about transformation. And it doesn't have to be this daunting, unformidable. Sure, you want to change out the hub? That's a bigger project. But at the end of the day, once you land on that new hub, you're allowed to innovate. And you really can take advantage of the of the capability of your staff, unleash your customers, um, but that's it. It's it's don't be don't be daunted by a project like this. Do the planning, do the feasibility, and planning and execution are two different steps. Always remember that. So once you do this little assessment and you get a vision, you need vision. That's the other thing that I would say is get vision. See things that you haven't seen before. Get an outside perspective on your industry. Understand what other people have done that's changed their businesses. And 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 again, have an opinion of okay, I need that. I saw what he did. I'd like to do that. Do a plan. How do I get there? But like I said, it's not a daunting task. And I think that's my biggest encouragement to people is not to stand there and do nothing. So, Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets. Come on. Come on. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Sure. The, the easiest way to find us is just to go to the website. It's uh, turnkeytech.com, T-U-R-N-K-E-Y-T-E-C.com. You show up on there. We've got live chat. Anybody wants to talk to me about solutioning or about an opportunity, Say, hey, I want to talk to Chris. There's a, there's form submits. You could do that. Same thing. I want to talk to Chris. I would love to talk to anybody that uh, wants to talk about improving their business applications or a Microsoft Dynamics solution. So, And thank you, George, for having me on. Appreciate yeah, it. Enjoyed it. And if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Chris your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to turnkeytech.com. That's T-U-R-N-K-E-Y-T-E-C.com. And let them know I want to talk to Chris. Thank you again, Chris. Appreciate it, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.